Section 53 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kimberly Sawson. American Scenery, Volume 1, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. The Tomb of Washington, Mount Vernon. The current of life seems to be too rapid in America to allow time for reflection upon anything which can possibly be deferred. The monuments are left unfinished on our battlefields. The tombs of great men become indistinguishable before marked with a stone, and the sacred places where patriotism has dwelt are rated by the value of their material and left to decay. It is difficult to visit Mount Vernon and feel from any mark of care or respect visible about it that America owes anything to the sacred ashes it entombs. The family tomb at Mount Vernon has once been robbed by a sacrilegious ruffian whose ignorance alone preserved for us the remains of Washington. It has been proposed to Congress to buy Mount Vernon and establish a guard over relics so hallowed. Why should not this be done, and a sufficient sum be appropriated to enclose and keep in order the whole estate, improve the execrable road leading to it from Alexandria, and employ persons to conduct strangers over the place. The vault in which the ashes of Washington repose is at the distance of perhaps thirty rods from the house, immediately upon the bank of the river. A more romantic and picturesque site for a tomb can scarcely be imagined. Between it and the Potomac is a curtain of forest trees, covering the steep declivity to the water's edge, breaking the glare of the prospect, and yet affording glimpses of the river, where the foliage is thickest. The tomb is surrounded by several large native oaks, which are venerable by their years, and which annually strew the sepulchre with autumnal leaves, furnishing the most appropriate drapery for the place, and giving a still deeper impression to the memento mori. Interspersed among the oaks, and overhanging the tomb, is a copse of red cedar, whose evergreen boughs present a fine contrast to the hoary and leafless branches of the oak, and while the deciduous foliage of the latter indicates the decay of the body, the eternal verdure of the former furnishes a fitting emblem of the immortal spirit. The sacred and symbolic cassia was familiar to Washington, and perhaps led to the selection of a spot where the evergreen flourished. One of the most interesting associations with the tomb of Washington is Lafayette's visit to it, as related by Lavasseur. After a voyage of two hours, the guns of Fort Washington announced that we were approaching the last abode of the father of his country. At this solemn signal, to which the military band accompanying us responded by plaintive strains, we went on deck, and the venerable soil of Mount Vernon was before us. At this view, an involuntary and spontaneous movement made us kneel. We landed in boats, and trod upon the ground so often trod by the feet of Washington. A carriage received General Lafayette, and the other visitors silently ascended the precipitous path which conducted to the solitary habitation of Mount Vernon. In re-entering beneath this hospitable roof, which had sheltered him when the reign of terror tore him violently from his country and family, George Lafayette felt his heart sink within him, at no more finding him whose paternal care had softened his misfortunes, while his father sought with emotion for everything which reminded him of the companion of his glorious toils. 
three nephews of general washington took lafayette his son and myself to conduct us to the tomb of their uncle our numerous companions remained in the house in a few minutes the cannon thundering anew announced that lafayette rendered homage to the ashes of washington simple and modest as he was during life the tomb of the citizen hero is scarcely perceived among the sombre cypresses by which it is surrounded a vault slightly elevated and dotted over a wooden door without inscriptions some withered and green garlands indicate to the traveller who visits the spot where rest in peace the puissant arms which broke the chains of his country as we approached the door was opened lafayette descended alone into the vault and a few minutes after reappeared with his eyes overflowing with tears he took his son and me by the hand and led us into the tomb where by a sign he indicated the coffin we knelt reverentially and rising threw ourselves into the arms of lafayette and mingled our tears with his end of section fifty three